Sunshine Chunk and Tony Show. It's the awesome Chunk and Tony Show. It's the Chunk and Tony Show. It's called Afternoon Gap. Is that right? It's the Chunk and Tony Show. It's the awesome Chunk and Tony Show. It's the Chunk and Tony Show. It's called Afternoon Gap. Oh yeah. Hello and welcome to the 39th episode of Afternoon Yap. I'm Chunk the Punk, and with me today is my co-host and author of the book, Life Without Vegetables, Taco Bell, or Even a Moral Compass. It's my good pal, Tony. That's about right. Yeah, it's going to be a bestseller. On today's episode, we're going to cover the news of the week, Jurassic Park on 16-bit consoles, and finally review for the new game, Sonic Mania. But first and foremost, Tony Baloney. Yeah. How's your rigatoni? Ah, uh, pretty good. How's yours? My, I'm... I'm having a great week. I'm not. I don't think I'm having as good as a week as you are because how? Why am I having a good how many? Week? How many feet do you have on the beach right now? Oh, I've got one foot. One foot in the sand, when my you, friend. When are you taking off? Uh, we leave Friday. Ooh, so only two more no, days. No, Thursday. I'm sorry. Thursday. We actually. Well, we we leave Thursday. I think we'll be there Friday. We'll be there on Friday. Yeah. Uh, well, I got something that's gonna perk you up a little bit. Perk me up. Jurassic Park, man. Yay! Oh, don't give me that. No, you're right. I... Yeah. Uh, where's Jurassic Park in your top five? Is it two? Is it one? Uh, is it three? You always ask these questions that that are really deserving of some time and thought. Uh, Come on, it, this put was one of the, them. This was one of the first. So movies. I can't give it to you, but I, I'll tell. It's firmly, and probably forever will be in the top five. Just because it's so dang good. Yeah. And it's one of those movies, it's like that so cliche when people say it, it still holds up. Yeah. Like, it is the quintessential it still holds up uh-huh. movie. And I feel like it probably will be forever mm-hmm. because it still it still holds up. A couple of years ago when Jurassic Park came out on Blu-ray in 3D, I remember you were on a group text. And I said, hey, guys, come over. Jurassic Park Thursday. We'll watch it blistering 3D and seven points once round sound. And you were like, fellas. When Chunk addresses you, you respond to the man. This is Jurassic it's Park Jurassic we're Park. talking God, about. Treat, treat it with the respect it's yeah, owed. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't Captain America. This no. isn't Wonder Woman. This is JP1. Or that earthquake, terrible earthquake movie yeah. that you had on Atmos. Um, so the, w- what I want to do today is when we get into it, we will talk about uh, the two Jurassic Parks that came out right at the launch of the movie. Uh, the Super Nintendo one and the Genesis one kind of have a little uh, competition between the two of them. Uh, but first and foremost, to get yeah. into the mood for this episode, yeah. son of a bee, yeah. I'm going to give you a quee. I knew this was coming. <laughs> All right. And it's a hard quee, though, too. All right. What, was it from BuzzFeed? <laughs> yes. Did you, did you see the script? <laughs> no. Or but just I, guess? No, but I looked up. I was thinking, maybe I'll contribute this episode uh-huh. and look at a quiz. <laughs> But I, of course, didn't. But I definitely saw that there was a couple of good ones out there. Jurassic Park quiz by the right. good people at BuzzFeed.com. Right. Number one. Wait, let's also clarify for the six people listening that I it's I haven't actually seen the movie for a year or two. So, I, oh please, just give me a give me a little bit of uh you know benefit of the doubt. Here. If you're anything like me, you've seen this movie hundreds I've seen of it times, 19 right? Times probably. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't. It's been a while. So if it's a hard quiz, I'm just saying. It's not going to be too hard. Okay. Number one, what does Juanito say when he inspects the mosquito trapped in amber? A, que linda esta. B, que lindo eres. Or C, yo quiero Taco Bell. No puedo creer que Tony nunca ha comido Taco Campana. 
Donde está la biblioteca? <laughs> I think is what he asks where the library is, I think. Do you, uh, which I think one? I think it's A. That is incorrect. Sir. No, it's just stop. B. It's B. That is absolutely okay. correct. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. One for one, bud. Yeah, that's counted. That says, counts. Que lindo eres. And I think <sighs> I think that I looked it up and I said he think I think he says this is pretty or this is beautiful. Yeah, I think or, he said, I think that's like how beautiful this is. Or the other like line that. that they took out was I want Taco Bell. I can't believe that Tony has never eaten Taco Bell. Yeah, which would be a weird thing for him to say is inside the mine is and right at the beginning of the movie too. Right, like to really throw people off. They're like, boy. Because it establishes like a whole plot line that they never really explore. Read the script, or yeah. uh, What is Doctor Ellie Sattler's occupation? Oh, hottie boombody. I mean, you got it. It's hottie boombody. A paleontologist. B paleobotanist. Or C paleo hot mom genist. I mean, it's probably the third one. I think it's. I'm gonna go with B because I she's has the whole scene where she recognizes the plant, so I, she's some kind of botanist. That's true. She's, she's a, that's true. She's okay. a paleobotanist. Boom. She's also a paleo hot mom genus. Paleo hotness. What is Ray Arnold's famous line? A. Hold, hold on, on to your, your butts. butts. B. Hold on to your buns. <laughs> or C. And bear with me on this one. Get these damn snakes off this. Mother truck and plane. Hold on to your wieners. That's the first thing the dinosaurs would want to bite off. Those little devils. That and your hands. Watch your hands. Hands and your wieners. Uh, no, that would be hold on to your butts. The best line in the entire movie. Yeah. Is he talking about your physical butts or is he he's always smoking? Cigarette butts. So he's yeah. talking about cigarette butts? No, I think he's talking about your butt butt. Somebody somebody text me. <laughs> One of the four listeners. <laughs> Clarify. Four is he talking you. about your physical butt? Or is he talking about your sick butt? Well, he's the only one smoking, so he would, it wouldn't make sense if he's telling the other characters to hold on to their butts, cigarette butts, because they're not smoking. Hold on to your Hold wieners. on to my butt <laughs> is what he should say. Hold on to my butt. <laughs> Which dinosaur embryo is not stolen by Dennis Nedry? Raptor. A, Triceratops. B, Gallimimus. Huh? Or C, the Chunkosaurus Rex. Wait, really? It's not the raptor? Uh... What is it? Tyrannosaurus? T- what is it? Triceratops? Triceratops. Gallimimus. Chunkosaurus Rex. I mean, it's got to... I'm going to go with B because I don't think you would have come up with that on your own. Nope. Triceratops. Really? Why Sorry, the hell pal. does he stick Triceratops? The Chunkosaurus Rex is characterized by their signature paunch, low rise, glasses, yellow razor sharp teeth, and small goo fans. Yeah, that's that's about right. Because but wait, now this is bothering thought. me now. Why didn't he take Triceratops? Ah, uh, cause it's not all that exciting. I think Injen wanted the the killer monster ones, and mm. he just he like skips it too. He specifically intentionally skips, it. skips over yeah. Triceratops. Yep, too docile. That's what tough. does Gennaro say when he first sees the T Rex? Oh God, A, B, Oh Jesus, or C, Oh Lordy, I better head to the toilet now. This is gonna be a photo finish right now. What accent was that supposed to be? Because I'm pretty sure he's Australian, right? That's Gennaro's accent. Oh, wow, that was really bad. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lordy. Which one? Uh, I'm going to go with, oh, God. Boy, this is a this is a bloodbath for yeah, a super man. fan. Nope, Jesus. it's oh, Jesus. I mean, these are, Jesus. These are pretty <laughs> subtle parts in the movie. I mean. Who was the dolly grip? In, yeah. the who night, is the best boy number three? In the 19th minute, who is the dolly grip? Yeah. What is wrong with you? That's if you ever play like a Star Wars trivia game. Those are bogus. What the hell is a best boy? I always see that and I never know what it is. Uh, what's a dolly grip? Are I they, don't know. Uh, 
What does Dr. Grant tell Tim not to do when climbing a tree? A, lose your footing. B, look down. Okay. C, go for second base before first base when he starts dating. Ah, it's terrible. Uh, don't look down. Absolutely right. You got yes. it. Ding, ding, ding. Back. Ding, 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 back. ding. Back in the game. And as for C, I sure wish someone would have told me that, Tony. Yeah, you're right. That was a It's important advice. <laughs> it's, yes. Uh, a weird time to give to that advice, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, if it's good advice, whenever you can get it, I guess you take it. Uh, what does the brachiosaurus do to Lex? A, it bites her. B, it sneezes on her. Yeah. Or C, it eats her alive and then poops out her semi-digested carcass, dramatically changing the tone of the movie. It's a vagisaurus, Lex, a vagisaurus! As she's lying there dying, her last words are, It's a eunuch system. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know this. I know this. <laughs> uh, it, it sneezes on her. Yep, correct. God bless you! God bless you! <laughs> Shut up, Tim. Uh, according to Ray... What would the lysine contingency do to the dinosaurs? Mm-hmm. A, they would stop reproducing. B, they would slip into a coma and die. Or C, it would create a solution for dinosaur control that would be, in all intents and purposes, either useless or impossible. All animals, including humans, can simply survive by having a lysine-rich diet. But you would already know that if you would just pick up a book once in a while. Tony. Li- so what you're saying is life uh, finds a way. Life, uh, Ah, finds a way. Uh, no, it's the. I believe all dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are like diabetic or something, so they would slip into a coma and die. They have a lysine deficiency. Yeah. So they have to be given lysine by yeah, the staff. They're like, they're like dinosaur diabetics. But that's why it doesn't make any sense because all they'd have to do is go eat lysine rich foods. Yeah, which but they is don't know like that they're. They don't everything. know that they're lysine deficient. They can't go like, oh, I knew that's. I gotta go eat some more of that plant to get my lysine today. Yeah, that's correct. But if they were running free, they'd be eating whatever they wanted to. Yeah, but we don't know what. Hey, we don't. You're not a paleobotanist. You don't know what. Plants I mean, I'm that fighting the there. logic between bringing back dinosaurs from 65 million years too. Hey, they're getting or close. just continually going back to that park. Yeah. Uh, what is Muldoon's famous last line? A, we're being hunted. C or B? Clever girl. C. I mean, B. A, we're being hunted. B, clever girl. Or C, oh man, isn't this a drag? And to think everyone just got done hearing about how the raptors will attack you from the sides from Dr. Graham. Now that's what I call foreshadowing. Boy, is my face red. And really embarrassing too, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, we just talked about this. Damn it. Uh, no, it's uh, Do you ever, in that scene, do you ever girl. pretend you're him and go, oh, shit. Would you do? Would you duck real quick? No, Would you you're, try to you're, shoot him. You're totally. You're just done. You're Would done. Would you tickle his? No, I take that last tenth of a second just to reflect on what a waste of life my mm-hmm. life has been, and mm-hmm. then just die. Stick your thumb up its butthole. Yeah, uh, I could reach. I guess <laughs> why not? <laughs> what was his last line? Clever girl. Yep, absolutely right. Erd, erd. Or just dumb dude, because literally we just talked about this. We just talked about their strategy. I just love the I just love the idea of that raptor sticking its head in through those trees, and he just going, "Ah, drag." (laughs) Ah, shit. Ah, shit, man. Damn it. This is gonna really stink. What does Doctor Grant call Tim in the visitor center? A. Big Tim, the human piece of barbecue. B. Big Tim, the human piece of toast. Or C. Big Tim, the human piece of questionable acting. 
Oh, no. What? Tim's <laughs> he's great in this. <laughs> he would later grow up to be in the Pacific, and he was a terrible actor. Did you ever see the Pacific on, H- uh, the Pacific on HBO? Uh, I don't know. He's like a 28-year-old dude playing a 20 or 19-year-old kid. What else has he been Nothing. He nothing, was, really? And the only reason he was in the HBO Pacific was because Spielberg was behind it. Hmm. What did he say? Uh, I think it's human piece of toast, I yep. think. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Thank you. Tim? Are you keeping track? Because I'm not. That's one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when he's up on the – he's trying to bring him back to life. And he goes, Tim? No, Tim. <laughs> no, no, Tim. I wanted to do before you came over, like, take that and keep looping it into a song. And it would be like, Tim? No, no Tim. Tim. It's kind of like, yeah. Tim. I, I like it. No, I already Tim. Like it. It's kind of like it has an island feel, like a Jamaican kind of I'm thing. I'm trying to pump you up for this vacation. Because no, this is our last yap for like two weeks, so I need to leave you in a good mood. We're going to talk about Jurassic Park. You send, me that, you send me that song. No, Tim. I'll be listening to it on the beach. Tim. And they're like, what is this? And you're like, oh, man, it's this new band. Tim, no, Tim. Yeah, Tim, no, Tim. Oh, that is a pretty good name for a band. <laughs> Where do Tim and Lex trap the Velociraptor in the kitchen? A, the meat locker. B, a storage closet. C, in an unwanted interspecies three-way. I don't think it's actually a meat locker, but I think that's what you're going for. I think yeah. it's just a cold it's, it's a freezer. fridge. It's a freezer. walk-in freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was easy. That was a gimme. Yeah. Uh, what does Hammond say after Dr. Grant tells him he's decided not to endorse his park? A, me too. B, so have I. Or C, me too. What was I thinking? This place is way too dangerous. I sure, no hope no one else is dumb enough to ever accidentally come back here again and again and again and again. I hope no one does that. Well, let's be careful because I'm pretty sure that they go, it's a different island than the other Isla, Isla, Isla Nublar is the Muerta. first one. And then Isla Sorna is um, where they're like breeding the dinosaurs. I'd prefer or if, something you, like if you that. pronounce it Isla. Is that how you say it? Well, that's the way I say it. In okay. My head. I don't care. Okay. I'll say it either way. I'll say it right now. Potatoes, potatoes. Isla, Isla Nublar, I believe, I don't want to be sticking my foot in my mouth, is the Jurassic Park park. Okay. And that's another thing that bothers me about Jurassic Park. Those dinosaurs were Cretaceous dinosaurs, not Jurassic dinosaurs. There wasn't too All much right. going on in the okay. Jurassic. Okay, yeah, we Jurassic. know that you have Wikipedia. We no, know, no, I, I've been bothered about this since I was a little kid. All right, well, Cretaceous Park sounds lame. Jurassic no, Park is no where we kidding. Want to go. Uh, so what did he say? Me too. So have I. Uh, or, so have I. What was I thinking? So have I. So have I. Perfect. Um, that's it. You want to uh, segue into the news? I want to know how many I got right. So I, I don't know. Now you didn't do well. Six. One of our six listeners. Text us. It was, it was How many did I get a, right? For your absolutely favorite movie it's, of well, all, all right. time. Like I said, first of all, some of those questions were pretty friggin' close. Like, uh, me, too, me too, or so Not have I. Tim. I mean, that's a pretty like subtle distinction that you're asking me to remember. Tim. Not Tim. Uh, uh, number one. I'll get on GarageBand and make that. Yes, so. please. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's latest patch, among other fixes, introduces a new, easier difficulty called Story Mode. Horizon Zero Dawn's Story Mode, according to a post on the PlayStation blog, allows players to avoid worrying about combat by boosting player damage and reducing the amount of damage the player takes from enemies. The patch is intended to allow those who want to explore Aloy's world and experience her adventure to do so undeterred by any difficult battle. Uh, yeah, and any difficult battles. I'm... Uh, 
pretty pumped about that. This comes hot on the heels after they had an update recently, too, that put in an ultra-hard difficulty as well as a New Game Plus mode. Uh, this game came out, I think, back in March. Uh, we talked about it. Maybe me and you or maybe me and Dinger talked about it. I was totally into it for the first 8 to 10 hours. Okay. And then literally the next week, Zelda came out, and I have not even thought about it since. If we did talk about it, I, I wasn't thinking about it much then. And I'm not thinking about it now. I, I kind of want to go back to it. So okay. I, I know that makes me seem like a, a baby. But actually, come Friday will be the release of the new Madden. And do you know what the release of new Madden is every single year? The same Madden with a roster update. It's the segue into new video games, the busy fall season. Oh, that's My like, that's like the sign? She's going to be looking for her loving husband. And the guy is going to be huddled in front of his... I'll just... Not playing every Madden, single, though. Every single year, Madden is the first game to come out yeah. before the huge rush of the winter, the, the fall, winter. And you just you just push Madden to the side. Yeah, you're not, you yeah. have no interest yeah, in that, yeah. but everything afterwards is what you're Yeah, there's you're so much about. good stuff coming out this fall. But, however, if you are sitting on Horizon Zero Dawn like I am, the game looks awesome. I just got distracted by Zelda, and then I kind of just, when I came back to it, a couple of months later, I'd kind of forgotten most of the game mechanics. I kind of lost interest in the story. And if I can hop in there and kind of buzz through it and not have to worry about battles, I think I might enjoy the game a little bit more. But that's doing a disservice to the game. Yeah, and we wouldn't want to do that. Number two, to commemorate to commemorate its 10th anniversary, 2K has announced a new collector's edition of Bioshock for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, available November 14th. Bioshock 10th Anniversary Collector's Edition includes Bioshock the Collection, which contains Bioshock 1, 2, and Infinite, and each game's single-player DLC, and a collectible Big Daddy and Little Sister statue for $200. Uh, the statue is modeled after Bioshock's original box art and features a motorized drill and light-up components, as well as Big Daddy and Little Sister audio clips from the game. That stinks. They should. Uh, they put out the uh, the collection last year. I bought it. I played through. You didn't get your dollies. Yeah, I didn't get my dollies though. That and this sucks. is two hundred bucks for. Uh, it's awesome that it's the tenth year anniversary. I re- I remember August twenty third, ten years ago, two thousand and seven, very well. I bought that game day day one. Absolutely loved the original Bioshock. That is why a year ago I bought the remastered editions and played through one. I played through three. I played a little bit. No, I played through the DLC of two because I had never played it. It was excellent. I would say now is the time to get this, but 200 bucks for a statue that you probably... Well, well, two statues. Two statues. I'm sorry. Let's and then fair. a lot of the times these collector's editions, once... Once like the 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 people the people buy them up at the beginning, then usually they go on sale for fifty or sixty bucks at like Best Buy and, and Walmart. So if you really want this thing, hold out. But if you're a dude that buys collector's editions, you probably Kill yourself. know the gist. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, you know the gist. Sorry. HTC has just announced a significant drop in the price for its Vive virtual reality headset, with the equipment now retailing at five ninety nine. At this time of writing, no information is available on an Australian price drop, although it's expected to be announced. The price drop is effective immediately, so if you're like Tony and you're waiting for a more affordable VR option, now might just be the time. So, 600 bucks. I think. I think when it came out, it was 7.99. Um, I've played the Vive many times. I love it. I'm waiting. 
I'm actually waiting for an, an updated model of the Vive. The, the Vive is wonderful. I mean, it, it was the strongest one out of the gate. However, it's still got the big wire that sits behind your, your back, and that kind of takes you out of the experience. I'm waiting for something a little bit lighter. Still, uh, still not a gimmick, though. No, no, no. no. It's definitely not a gimmick. No. I, I'll be excited when you finally do get a chance to play it. Um, hey, can, we, can we take a huge digression right here? Sure, go ahead. Where are you at with Ready Player One? Uh, chapter six. Chapter six. Yeah. Okay. Are there chapters in that book? <laughs> oh, man. Are, are you reading it for real? Are you reading it? No, I kind of just was are you serious? texting me every single day. You haven't started I it? I haven't started, man. Jesus. I planned Well, then my wife started reading it, too, and then she just bought another book that all her girlfriends told her to get. But actually, I take that back. I am on Chapter 6. <sighs> I love it. It's about this guy that is a total player, and like he's at the bar with his buddy, and like he looks over, and his buddy's not, name nope. is Tony, and he goes, are nope. you ready, player one? And he goes, yeah, I'm going to go Mac on these girls. Yeah. And like it's real short, so you, you like feel smart when you're reading it and it's all about picking up chicks no you're doing a disservice to all six people listening to this podcast ready player one one. we are going to we are going to review this book once i read it okay uh new minecraft in middle earth shadow of war xbox one s bundles will be available this fall microsoft revealed during its gamecom gamescom press conference this week the shadow of war bundle will be available on october 10th in either one terabyte or 500 gigabyte versions a limited edition Minecraft bundle is also coming for the Xbox One S in the form of a one terabyte custom grass block console. The bundle also features blah, 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 blah. Uh, they're, they're both of them are currently for pre-order. Uh, I don't know why. I, I, don't, I don't know who these are for, but you can get a Minecraft Xbox rich One kids. S. Little yeah. rich, little rich well, I think both of them come with. I think both of them come with a copy of the game. The the the, the the um, the Shadow of Mordor one looks pretty cool, but then again, I'm not gonna have, want that on that. This this is for collectors, but uh, pretty neat that those have been announced. Uh, not forgetting the console's past, Microsoft is offering an Xbox One X Project Scorpio Special Edition available to pre-order today. Revealed during the company's Gamescom press conference, the Xbox One X Project Scorpio Edition can be pre-ordered from the Microsoft Store and other retailers while supplies last. Microsoft said the decision to invoke the Scorpio name was to celebrate both our heritage and the power and precision that we are bringing into the future. I'm excited to see how this Xbox One X fares. So it went up for pre-orders this week. Um, They're saying some retailers sold out, but that could mean a lot of different things. Um, that, That could just mean that many of them weren't given too many allotments. The system looks great. It's still a pretty premium price point at 500 bucks. But you got to remember, you're getting that Ultra UHD uh, Blu-ray player with it. You're getting the 4K video games. But you're getting this kind of sour Xbox One library. Um, I, I'm i not a fanboy. I have all three of those systems upstairs. And the Xbox, has since I have got it, has mostly just been for TV. It's been mostly for apps. It's been mostly for... You fanboy. You PlayStation fanboy. Yeah, that, that's a pony. That's a PlayStation fanboy right there. Mm. So um, it's available for, for a pre-order, um, 500 bucks. But like I said, you're probably going to be able to find one on launch day anyway. Okay. Sea of Thieves will feature cross-play support for Xbox One and Windows 10 PC. Rare announced this week during Microsoft's Xbox briefing at Gamescom. Note. 
no asterisk, no small print. It's literally in our shared world. You are with people from multiple devices, PC design team. PC design lead Ted Timmons said during the briefing, according to executive producer Joe Neat. No, Ted. The the cross-play experience is seamless. This game, we talked about it on our Live from E3 episode. Sea of Thieves looks great. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It looks like you can be swashbuckling swashbuckling and pirating and looking for treasure. Booty. uh, With your buddies on the PC as well as your buddies on Xbox at the same time. That's pretty awesome. It's always really good when they do that. It makes the player base that much larger instead of limiting to just one console. And it looks like right out of the gate, you're going to have support for both of those. Feels good, man. And that game looks pretty cool. I I mean, that's totally a game that I'm very much waiting for reviews. Rare games are kind of this kind of simple, charming thing that uh, has kind of fallen by the wayside, for me at least, in the last 10 years. But the game does look really cool. Okay. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds has no, now sold over 8 million copies. Game director Brendan Green confirmed during the Microsoft's Xbox briefing at Gamescom. While he remained tight-lipped on when the game will launch for Xbox One, Green also announced that Microsoft is publishing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds on Xbox One and that the game is coming to Xbox Game Preview Program. Player Unknown Battlegrounds was announced for Xbox One at E3 2017 and is slated to launch on the console sometime later this year. That's a bummer that, you know, I'm, I digress. Never mind. I don't digress. I correct myself. Okay. I'm um, confused now. When Player Unknown came out, I believe that it was unfinished. I haven't played enough of it, so I don't want to be talking out of my butt, but um, I do believe that there isn't a finished product yet on Steam. So I was thinking, well, why wouldn't the finished product come out for the Xbox One X when the system launches? Um, But that's simply just because the game isn't ready to begin with. But this is a huge deal. This game is like the most played game currently on Steam, I think. I I like to put my foot in my mouth all the time. It might still just be Overwatch. Are you Um, putting your foot in your mouth or talking out of your butt? Both of them at the same time. (laughs) Man. And so when Microsoft got the rights to publish this game, you know, and I'm saying for Microsoft uh, One X, it'll also be – or for Xbox One X, it'll also be on Xbox One as well. I can't see them only being on one console. But game looks cool. I can't wait to play it. I'm not going to play it on PC, so I guess I'll just have to wait to get it on my Xbox One, not X, on my just one. I, so Did you get it? it? Nope. Element OP video game. Tim! Tim! No, Tim! A Recore Definitive Edition will be released later this month for Xbox One, according to a Microsoft Store listing. Uh, promising to add content originally teased when the game first debuted. It's 20 bucks with an August 29th release date. Record Definitive Edition will feature HDR support and offer enhanced visuals on the Xbox One X when the upcoming system is released later this year. This game got a lot of hate because, like I was just saying, um, the Xbox One library is their their uh, first party titles. They've it's been there hasn't been too many of them. Um, so this game came out, I believe, a year ago at this point. It got okay reviews. It got like sevens, but because it wasn't getting eights and nines, people just totally disregarded it. So it's a game that I've been wanting to try, but it's also a game that I have not been wanting to pay for. I will happily try it out eh, for a nice four or five bucks. Uh, okay. But for 20 bucks, I'm not interested. However, it's good to see that they are going to double dip, so to speak, and release another edition. Because, frankly... At what point do the, the video game publishers start sending them to us to, to review for them, like they do for like IGN and stuff? Is that well, common? Uh, one, once we get past 
60 viewers? 80 <laughs> listens per episode. Probably once we get past that. When we eclipse 100, do you think they'll start sending vi- us video games and stuff? No. No? <laughs> they'll be like, stop <laughs> emailing us. How are we doing You guys here? aren't journalists. <laughs> we were at E3, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sitting outside. Uh, but, yes, Record def- uh, Definitive Edition will be out, uh, what did I say, August 29th for 20 bucks. Oh. Got it. Tony. Yeah. Baloney. Yep. Rigatoni. Uh uh, Big Zamboni. Mm. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda will no longer receive new single-player updates or content. No! BioWare announced the final update was 1.10, confirming there are no more future bug fixes or tweaks forthcoming. Oh, However, the game's multiplayer will still receive ongoing support. Thank God. Including new character kits and missions, details for which will be revealed at a later date. People were kind of upset, but at the same time, time there was so many people that were kind of thinking about jumping on board once they saw the poor scores they kind of just forgot about it like the game launched at 60 bucks and then maybe a month later it was 39 bucks i think now it's 29 bucks um and then remember the character models looked bad at the beginning yeah um so they they did update those a little bit they updated some other stuff but now they're just putting their foot down and saying no enough. we already blew enough money on this Nobody, Nobody else is it. buying it, you yeah. know. Like it's, I, we'd rather take the bad PR and just spend our resources elsewhere. Fair enough. Friday the Thirteenth, the game is getting plenty of new content. Gun Media and Ilphonic announced they're working currently on a new playable Jason, with more information coming soon. Several free new maps are also in the works. One in particular, which has a setting ripped straight from the films, is launching soon. What's the new Jason? What's the what's the map straight? Is it Jason X, the hulking big guy? Uh, it better be. It better be Jason X. And I, uh, where where is where are they at right now? It's got. I mean, if Camp so Crystal they, Lake, what else yeah, would be the other Camp Crystal Lake? I don't know location. I I I I, I don't know those films and, well enough. And they've had so many different Jason models at this point. I believe there is the Baghead Jason. I believe there is the Jason when he first gets a hockey mask. I believe there is the one. Maybe it's like him with his mask completely off and he's all ugly. That'd be face, pretty yeah. cool, but it's not near as cool as. Uh, we you talk about this game every dang. There's episode. just new news on it every day, and that's what I was thinking well, too. I get was it like, and play I think we gotta play it, this damn sakes. game. Like at this point, I don't want to spend forty bucks on it. But, Who's the developer of that one? Uh, what I'll did shoot they him an say? Email. Uh, uh, oh, Gun Media and Ilphonic. Oh yeah. I'll just we'll just shoot him an email. We'll have our people, yeah, shoot them an email. Have uh, Kevin shoot them. So an maybe email. a Jason X. Let the bodies hit the floor, and I don't know what that other setting would be. Okay. Well, we'll be- find out. We'll get we'll get an advanced copy. Quake Champions, the latest game in id Software's beloved FPS franchise, is now available in early access on Steam as of this Tuesday, August twenty second. Currently in closed beta, the game will be made available both through Steam and through publisher Bethesda's own launcher with early access available for 30 bucks, a discount on the projected final retail of 40 bucks. Hmm. There's no word on projected release dates for the full version of the game, but expect to hear more as early access gets underway. This game was announced a couple of years ago. I am a, uh, I am a pretty big Quake fan, um, but can't it's not i don't know why it's not being developed for consoles too it, it'll eventually be ported probably but as of right now i have no way of playing this all i can do is kind of watch as an outsider but it, it um my one buddy who's a big pc player that i see all the time i plan on downloading that with him because it's in early access playing with that 
playing that with him and checking it out. Okie dokie. But no news until then. Alrighty then. Microsoft revealed Jurassic World Evolution this <gasps> week during its Relevant. Gamescom 2017 briefing. Coming in summer 2018 to Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC, this park-building sim what? is being created by Frontier Developments, who has worked on the Roller Coaster Tycoon series as what? well as Elite Dangerous. That sounds fun. The reveal trailer points to gameplay that involves breeding some dinos and probably dealing with some problems when said dinos get out of their pens. Mm. I love these games. I do too. And they have made really good ones for Jurassic Park franchise. Uh, one that comes to mind is Operation Genesis or Project Genesis. It can't just be the dinosaurs building a cage for the dinosaur because that would get pretty boring pretty quick. It's There's got to be rides. The one that stuff. I played back in 2002 was so fun. So basically, what you would do was you would you would start real small and you'd get small dinosaurs, and mm-hmm. as you would get more money, and it's just like um, any kind of park builder. So you would be building you know, hotels and, 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 and kiosks for them to get food and, and pens for the dinosaurs. And then as you got more money, your park got bigger and you get more money to buy more expensive dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get all that. But I mean, building the, in what the cage for them, yeah. for lack of a better term, that's not as fun as building a roller coaster, right? I mean, there's gotta be something beyond just building the pen for the dinosaur. I don't know. I, they, they, they literally just launched the trailer this week. I'll get a copy of it. And game. that's what it really looks like. It looks like this game that I played 15 years ago that was a park-building sim that I mm-hmm. really, really liked, just with updated, better graphics based on the new Jurassic World movies. It looks awesome. And at this point, I don't know where you can go with a Jurassic Park series of video games, and I think that this looks like a really – it's kind of a, a light announcement, but for me, for a guy that has very much enjoyed these games, it looks yeah. really, really Well, it's cool. pretty relevant to today's episode. Yeah. Uh, you want to take a quick break? Yes. All right. We'll be right back. Tony, I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but I lead a pretty busy life. Mm-hmm. And I was, as I was saying that, I thought to myself, probably not as busy as my good pal Tony Baloney. True. I mean, I got no kids. No, you don't. I got a fabulous podcast. Fabulous. I got no stress. Nope. You are no just fuss, a burden no of must. stress. I can see it in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> life is hard. You are ready to go on that vacation. I mean, come rub my shoulders and feel the tension. If you didn't have a wife that could make a killer lasagna, would you uh-huh. even be able to function? I know I wouldn't be able to. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would be able somebody. to function, but in a, just a totally – in a much worse way. Yeah. I just barely functioning adult. Well, so the good people at More Implications, they have come up with a gadget that is going to help all of us. It's going to help the single people. It's going to help mm-hmm. the married people. It's just going to help basically dudes in general that need to keep things in order. This yeah. is called the personal assistant. So okay. now what the personal assistant I've is, heard of that before. It's the personal assistant by Moral Implications will help you with friendly reminders for everyday tasks okay. that you can stay on schedule. Okay, like what? And so it's it's like a little bracelet that mm-hmm. you wear around your wrist. Uh, wrist. Okay. And it's got it's voice activated. So what we did was we took a survey of one million adults, and if they could said if they could have any voice talk to them all day long, every day for every single task that mm-hmm. they needed, you know what would be the best voice that would be the most soothing. That would like help them through their day. That would help them through their busy life. Julia Childs. No, it's uh, Fred Schneider from the B-52s. Do you remember that guy? Uh, 
15 miles to the love hey, do, you have, do you have the kit? <laughs> no, advanced copy. <laughs> so it's going to help you. This is just the day in the life of the personal assistant. Okay. So you're going to wake up every morning. And this thing at 6 in the morning, mm-hmm. it's going to say, Tony, wake up and put your best foot forward. Okay. <laughs> you're going to go, oh, my God, Fred Schneider's in my house. Wait a second. It's just the personal assistant. I mean, the kids are crying and your wife is really upset. But boom, you are but up. But I'm up and at Like there's no snooze alarm on that. Wake up. And put your best mm-hmm. foot forward. I get it. Just like the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Then the next thing that you need to do is so, so some of the times you're so groggy that you just forget to do everyday things. And then right. like you're on your way to work and you're like, oh my God, I forgot to have a bowel movement. You know, oh. like now I'm going to work. I'm fully loaded Ugh. to the gills. Gross. And so you wouldn't have that. You would wake up after Fred Schneider told you to wake up uh-huh. and it said, Tony, have you had your coffee? It will help you with your really hard stools. It will soften them up. It will soften them up. And you're like, oh, my God, Fred Schneider. Thank God I was about to leave this house without getting the troublemaker out. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I say that part again. Were you singing a part there? Tony, have you had your coffee yet? It will help you with your really hard stools. It will soften them up. Soften them up, Tony. Okay. I it likes right. Fred Schneider likes to ask you a lot of questions. It All likes right. to engage you. Was he was he was he singing like part of a song? Was that was that the the part of a song? The the, the tempo of a song? The, the next thing. The okay. next thing. The next thing after you get done making a bowel movement. Uh huh. And or it, anyone. I mean, it doesn't have anyone, to be me. Anyone. Anything. Okay. And then you're in the shower. Uh huh. It's going to tell you, hey, you need to take a shower. You can't just take a bowel movement, get up out of bed, go straight to work. And you're like, oh, thank God, Fred Schneider, you reminded me. Tony. Tony. I don't think people are need to familiar wash your body right now. You need catalog. to wash your body right now. And you're like, oh, thank God, I got to hop in the shower. I think you're grossly overestimating how familiar people are with his song. Tony. Catalog. Good people at Moralpication are on the pulse. Okay. I mean, Fred if, Schneider is not Love born... Shack. No one's gonna know what the hell you're talking about. Fred Schneider is only about 64 years old. You know, okay. like kids like that song. Uh-huh. People love Love Shack. That was all Love Shack. <laughs> they love Love Shack. They love uh, what's the other song? Um, That's all they got. Uh, Rock Lobster. They love that <laughs> song. They love Rome. Nope. So the next thing, so okay, you're out of bed. Uh-huh. You know, you've you've taken your deuce. You got in a shower. The next thing you do is you gotta get dressed. Put on your business suit, put on your tie, and don't forget to smile, Tony. And you're like, oh <laughs> so yeah, that's bad. right, I gotta put on my business suit, dress to the nines. So don't forget to smile. You're all ready to go. Eat a healthy breakfast, pour out some fruit loops, smash on the milk, and you're about to eat right. And this like, is oh. the worst idea ever. The good people are more applications. At least tell me that there's there's a, a part on this app where where I can use it as like a GPS, and it'll tell me 15 miles to the chicken stand. It's gonna tell you everything. You okay. can program it to say that's at least somewhat you want helpful. To. You've got to divorce her. You've got to divorce her. Now you're gonna get in a lot of trouble some of the times when Fred Schneider was that uh-huh. his name? I have it, no it, idea. He's the one that's telling you what to do all the time. Okay. Yeah. Go to the clinic and get that puppy out. Uh, it's 200 bucks. No. It is your personal assistant narrated nope. by Fred Schneider. Nope. And uh, you can buy one right now. Don't buy one.
Hello and welcome back to Afternoon Yap. For our second segment, I want to talk about Jurassic Park video games. And more importantly, I want to talk about the two that were on 16-bit systems when it came out. Uh, this is a, our first ever versus. We're going to talk about Jurassic Park 1 on the Super NES versus the Genesis version. Uh, the first one that we're going to talk about is Jurassic Park on the Sega Genesis. This was developed by Blue Sky Studios and released in August of 1993. Tony, you and I discussed Blue Sky Studios uh, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Aladdin. Yes. And they they were a they made a bunch of games for the Sega Genesis. I believe they were around about until about 2000 when they eventually went out. But they released a bunch of games on the Sega Genesis. But they they were working on this game with this huge team. They were working on Jurassic Park, and they were working on this. Uh, I believe a year and a half before the film came out. So you got to think about that process when we're talking about both of these games. These are totally video game tie-ins from 1993 where they are not really sure what the product is going to be. They're not going to be sure how the movie is going to turn out. They basically only know from uh, some of the information that they're given from... There's uh, going to be dinosaurs in it. That there's going to be dinosaurs (laughs) in it, yeah. So, like I said, this game was released in August of 1993. Um, Acclaim Entertainment and Activision had both bid for rights to produce the Sega Genesis version of Jurassic Park, but ultimately lost to Sega. Uh, Doug Tennepel, who created Earthworm Jim, was the lead artist for the development team. Uh, the game's animators consulted experts who worked on the film on how the game's dinosaurs should look. The development team also consulted with paleontologist Robert Baker, who dissected a supermarket chicken to demonstrate the similarities of dinosaur anatomy to bird anatomy. I'm not sure. I'm sure that was really I'm helpful. Sure, I'm to not the sure game how developers. that would help to develop right. a video game. Yeah. And you know, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but I remember that stuff kind of blowing my mind when I was a kid. Of the, the chicken anatomy. No, no, no. Just how. Um, Alan Grant at the beginning of the movie is talking about how dinosaurs evolved from birds. And then son of a bee, the guy was absolutely right. They found what four or five years ago, they found velociraptors with, with uh, feathers, feather plumage on them. And then now they have dinosaurs at, uh, well not dinosaurs, but at, if you go to Cedar point, you know how they have that big dino exhibit at the back of the park. There are ones back there that have feathers on them. Hey, that's a source. Well, think about how, Think about how much different the Jurassic Park movie would have been if the velociraptors that are terrifying, that are 10 feet tall with razor sharp, also have bird feathers on them, too. A 10-foot chicken? That yeah, doesn't exactly. sound very scary. Yeah, exactly. He slashes you here, here. and here. here, and dim, no dim. And um, so for the game to reflect the latest dinosaur discoveries and theories, the development team took field trips to museums of natural history and to zoos fourth grade? to observe the feeding habits and physical movements of birds and reptiles such as ostriches and alligators. Isn't that hilarious? We're looking at the game right now. The game is they were – so they were they – had, they had the book. You know, they, they – they did have some idea of the game that they were supposed to be creating, yeah. and then they did they did have screenshots from the movie as they were filming it. They had the the idea of the central story, but ultimately this game is a very simple just platformer. One of the only things that saves this game is 
how amazing the dinosaurs look like. So like even Alan Grant looks great as he's running around. He looks a little bit stiff, but during the course of the game, you run into Lophosaurs that spit at you. You run into Gallimimus. You run into Compisagnarathus or however you say that. There's an incredible, it might show up in this and it will blow your socks off, but there is the T-Rex shows up every once in a while. You don't see his whole body. Mm -hmm. I think that might've been too difficult, but every once in a while he just bursts through like a side of the wall and his head, it's awesome. And he's got this incredible roar and the game isn't all that great without the <laughs> Jurassic Park property. But with, with all of these things in place, um, the game is actually pretty awesome because it is being led with all of these great looking iconic dinosaurs at this point. I mean, so there he is yes. right there. Ah. There's the T-Rex. Look how terrifying he looks. I'm terrified. And he, and he, and he, and he can eat you while, while kind of Grant friendly, is running actually. around. So the story is um, it is you can play as two of them. You can play as Grant or you, you, can, you can play as the Raptor in the Sega Genesis version, which was really novel for the time too. So if you're playing as Grant, um, you, you, you basically are on a journey to the visitor center. And if you're playing as the Raptor, you're actually following Grant the whole time. Uh, Jurassic Park was the first game by Sega to be developed using silicon graphics computers at the company's new development facility. Such computers were previously used to create computer-generated dinosaurs for the film. The 3D models for the game's dinosaurs were created using stop-motion photography, while a team member was filmed acting out Grant's movements and then was digitized. So this is, for, for looking at this game, this was like state-of-the-art stuff for Sega Genesis back in 1993, and they would have been developing this game all the way back. I think this game took 15 months to make. So they would have started it in early 1992. Uh, many dinosaur models used for the film were sent to the game's development studio so they could also be filmed and digitized while in motion. A 75,000 Velociraptor, Velociraptor puppet from the film was also used for production of the game. Doesn't it sound like... Now that seems like it was really helpful, but them going to zoos and finding out how the dinosaurs moved around and having a paleo paleontologist dissect a chicken in front of them. That yeah. all just seems like they're out smoking cigarettes, you know, like. Well, I got to say, I mean, looking at the dinosaurs, they aren't really moving. They kind of just sit there until he shoots them with their his little tiny pea gun and then they fall over. So, well, I, an interesting thing they said about this game is there's some sort of randomized movements to the to the dinosaurs. So every single time you play this game as Grant, the dinosaurs are going to react differently. I never once noticed that as in the in the hundred times that I've played this video game, but I guess it's there. I guess the dinosaurs react differently to you every single time you play it. Mm -hmm. uh, when playing as Grant, his objective is to navigate through seven areas of Island Nublar and make it safely to the visitor center to escape via helicopter. There's also a section that they took directly out of the book. We're looking at it right now. So this section was never in the movie, but Grant is actually on like a little boat. But this is taken directly from the book where I guess there is like a water ride section in the Jurassic Park book. Did you ever read the original Jurassic Park I book? I certainly did read the book, but again, probably like decades ago. Yeah. So I don't know if I, if I remember that from the book but th th like i'm saying like i was saying they are they they didn't have the movie in front of them to use as a reference material so they are kind of to grasp against straws for for all intents and purposes but yeah. this is a pretty sweet level actually but the game there's some there's objectives in every single level but it's very very much a simplistic platformer game that is 
that works so well because of how awesome the dinosaurs look and another thing that is missing from this version and is also missing from the 16-bit version or from the super nes version that would have really helped was the was the movie score like if if you would have been hearing da, na, 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 I, I know it would have gotten me into the mood like an 8-bit yes ding, yes ding, like a 16-bit no, sorry 16-bit so you can play as either Grant in this, or you can play as the Velociraptor. You can't play as Doctor Hotty Boombody. No, no, Doctor uh, Hot Mom Genus. Uh, the Velociraptor player character can jump higher than Grant and run much faster. Although it can only attack from close range using its teeth and claws, the Raptor's goal is to journey through five levels instead of seven and corner Grant at the visitor center. Um, so. A very, very interesting thing about this game is the game ends the way that the movie was originally supposed to. Now, pop shot, pop quiz, Tony shot. shot. Okay. How do you think that the movie was originally supposed to end? We know how it ends with the T-Rex busting in, saving the day by biting that Velociraptor. How do you think that it was supposed to end originally? Um, I don't. No, the T-Rex uh, bursting in and biting um, Tim. And then Dr. Grant saying, just not the, Tim! And then he just and eats then, Tim alive. And then fades to black. And then it goes right to credits. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's a way better ending. Um, no, so the original planned ending of the movie was that uh, they were going to get confronted by the two raptors, just like they do in the movie. But this time they manipulate the uh, the T-Rex skeletons. That are up above them, and it smashes and kills the raptors. Uh-huh. But Spielberg didn't think that that was as effective enough. So, even though it poses the question, how in the hell did the T Rex get into the visitor center? Right. How how on earth would a would a dinosaur that size get in? And the producers were saying this to Steven Spielberg. He's like, I don't care. He's yeah. like, that is a way better ending and yeah. way more. And God, it's got that great imagery of the when dinosaurs the ruled falls. the earth yeah, and it's falling yeah, in yeah. front of them and the T-Rex is roaring. And it's my, it's my second chills. favorite. Chills. I'm getting, getting chills. I know. <laughs> Tim. No, Tim. Well, the problem. So I got a question for you. Did yeah. the movie just come out when we were 11 years old, just right for this sort of thing? No. Or is it just that good of a movie? It's that good of a movie. I, I genuinely think it is that good of a movie. I, I strongly believe that, ask too. Ask anybody, and they, everybody loves that movie. Everybody remembers the moment where they're getting out of the Jeep and they see the brontosaurus or whatever kind of saurus it is walking through the park when they see the dinosaur for the first time and the musical score hits. Everybody remembers that moment. Everyone. Well, that's a, I think we've discussed this before, too, is – Jurassic World came out, what, three or four years at this point, and it was getting rave reviews, and I went into that movie stoked about it, yeah. and everybody liked it, but no, I and I thought to anything. myself, man, I was like, my my anticipations were too high. You know, like, I am trying to relive a feeling that I had when I was 11 years old, when I was absolutely in love with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs on screen aren't exciting anymore. There was a reason why Jurassic Park was so great when it came out in 1993 was we'd never seen technology like this. No, see, right now you're making the argument for it was just the right time. What I'm saying, I'm saying no, it it wasn't just the right time. It was an awesome movie. It's an absolute perfect storm. But you know what happened was four years later – Jurassic Park 2 came out, and I went with my best friend, and we went and saw it, and we left the theater going, what was that? Did you see the part where the T-Rex got loose in, in San Francisco? Why did they do that? 
Because it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> no, no, because you think that's what happened? They shot all the way two hours into the movie, and they're like, oh, man, we got a real turd here. We got to fix <laughs> this bad boy. Oh, I mean, and then three is actually better than two because it's shorter. But Jurassic Park 1, and I'm urging you, if you can find a way, watch the 3D version because they actually took a full year to uh, – they spent a full year adding the 3D effects to the Jurassic Park 3D version that came out in theaters on the 20th anniversary. All right. So it looks excellent. Me and you watched it upstairs. Like I said, you were texting people being like, hey, like Chunk addressed you. He invited you over for a killer film. Uh, make sure you bring pizza. So at the end of the Sega Genesis game, Grant takes off in a helicopter if you're playing the game as Grant. And then there's an excellent ending if you beat it as the Raptor. The Raptor just hops into a cargo ship and heads to the mainland. And he's, like, sitting in the cargo ship like, I can't wait. It's like a like, dog, go, like, sticking his head out I can't out wait window. to get to Hawaii and murder everybody, everybody. there because I'm a cute little velociraptor. So that is – that is the Sega Genesis version of Jurassic Park 1. It has its flaws. Um, the, the, the graphics are pretty awesome, um, but the gameplay is kind of so-so, but it is saved by how great the character models look. Um, it's not saved by the soundtrack by any means or the gameplay by any means. Overall, I give it a 7. Um, check it out if you've never played it. Boom. The second version, wildly different. Completely different version was Jurassic Park. It was released on the Super Nintendo, developed by Ocean, and released in November of 1993. So this one came out in August of 1993. I want to say that I thought that the movie released in May. I just I remember I remember seeing clips early early on when they were pushing Jurassic Park, and I feel like I saw it early summer, but it might have been late summer because I also feel like. I saw it twice, and the second time I saw it was gearing up to go back to school. So it might have been late August when it came out in 1993. But the Super Nintendo version came out in, no in November of 1993. So what, three months later? Okay. Ocean Software is a British video game development company, and they paid an undisclosed six-figure sum to secure the rights to the Jurassic Park license to develop a game based on the film. Uh, during development, Ocean had access to film stills and storyboards for the film. The game uses digitized photographs of the film's characters as well as a digitized dinosaur image from the film. Ocean claimed the game was the first to utilize high-resolution backdrop. I have no idea what that means. It means a really nice backdrop. Yeah. Steven Spielberg said that he wanted a groundbreaking game. Of course he said that he wanted that. He wanted a groundbreaking movie. They, these were going to be tie-in games. I mean, think about all that merchandise that came out. when they, I, I, had, I had the Velociraptor backpack. Did you? No, no, because I am way um, cooler. Yeah, I don't know if that makes you cooler. I had the Velociraptor backpack. Tell what me. did it look like? Was it just a picture of a Velociraptor? Or did the backpack itself have horns? <laughs> no, no, it was literally like a ah, like a, a picture of a Velociraptor said Jurassic Park, and like kids saw me and they're like, "Oh, dude, that guy's cool." He mm -hmm. saw the movie. He's seen a movie. He got the backpack, and um, probably so has a. A triceratops Tons of merchandise. in this, his pocket. This game, this game had merchandise much the same way as the Batman 1989 movie did. I can just remember tons and tons of merchandise, but they wanted to tie in video games. Um, Ocean thought that they had achieved a groundbreaking, a groundbreaking game with their interior segments. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, there's basically two segments of the game. Uh, there is a first-person exterior or interior segments whenever you walk into buildings. 
Uh, so it's first person. It's kind of like a Doom ripoff. But then when you are outside of the buildings, it is this top-down mode where you're looking at the top of Alan Grant and he's running around the park. Uh, the game's first-person interior sections were created using texture mapping, a complex technique for the SNES hardware to handle. The first-person segments utilize the effects of the system's Mode 7. Uh, to win the game, the player must complete several objectives, starting with powering up a computer to reactivate the park's motion sensors. Once activated, the player's short-range motion sensor can detect nearby dinosaurs. Subsequently, the player must determine how raptors are infiltrating the park's visitor center and stop them, preventing raptors from escaping to the mainland on a supply ship, which actually... I believe is something that they did in the book. That Correct. wasn't something that they worried about in the moving, but I believe that they're really worried about dinosaurs getting on boats and escaping. Yes. I guess, I guess at this point, cover all your bases because dinosaurs are murdering people. I think in the, in the book, they actually found, um, evidence, uh, like uh, dinosaur carcasses on nearby beaches, and they were trying book, to figure man. out if they were can I, swimming can I, there, or did they take a boat there? Can I give you Ready Player One and just borrow your copy of J Park and not read that too? Nope. Can you give me a Cliff's Notes on J Park the book? Uh, just watch the movie, bud. Did you know that um, James Cameron? He was uh, he the was, restaurateur. No. James Cameron, the guy that did <laughs> Titanic and Aliens, he yeah. actually was in a bidding war with um, Steven Spielberg for the rights to Jurassic Park. He wanted to make an Aliens Jurassic Park movie. That Think sounds, about how wildly different that would have been. That sounds interesting. He wanted to make a super violent, like gritty dinosaurs versus aliens. No, damn it! You're doing this on purpose. Oh, no, like, are you <laughs> like an alien in? Xenomorph dinosaur Xenomorph? No! Okay. <laughs> he, wanted to make, he just Strike wanted to make a two. grittier Jurassic Park. He was oh, like, okay. like, like either an R or like a heavy. Oh, so violent. you are using aliens. Yes, as I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. The tone. Yes, of the, the tone. Film. No, no. Not <laughs> a crossover. He's going to make a mashup instead. That's what we I think. Imagine how scary a dinosaur, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Aliens. Xenomorph would Xenomorph would be, be terrifying. <laughs> with little little claws. With tiny claws with did little you, mouths on them. Did you know um, the original Alan Grant was supposed to be uh, Harrison, Harrison Ford? Ford? Yes, I did. How amazing. Like how – I love Sam Neill. I think he did a fantastic job. He did job. awesome. I, I think feel, he knocked I feel it like out of the park. I love that dude. But I, how much different? No, I disagree. It would have It would have felt like, oh, Indiana Jones is – is here. I'm not saying I want Harrison Ford. I'm yeah. just saying that I love that movie so much that it would be interesting if I could have two. I like having the a nerdier version yeah. of Indiana Jones in this movie. And I wonder if, yeah, I mean, I guess Indiana Jones, he's he, he as an actor or as a character, he was extremely passionate about finding whatever his treasure. So he probably could have, Harrison Ford probably could have killed it as a passionate, nerdy paleontologist. However, it would have been too close to Indiana Jones. I feel like. For me. Yeah, and exact, and you know, I give the I give Jurassic Park a perfect score. I mean, I love that movie. Um, I think I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent, but um, so let's get back to the SNES version. So your your objectives are to uh, infiltrate the park's visitor center and stop and prevent the raptors from escaping to the mainland on a supply ship and find the raptors' nest in the underground volcanic tunnels and destroy them with a nerve gas and bomb. That was not in the movie. No? I think that they were trying to wipe out nests or something like that in the book. It was. It's definitely not in the movie. 
No, there's no volcanoes in the movie. Okay. Uh, the final objective requires the player to locate a communication center to contact a helicopter and then reach the helipad to be rescued. The game does not utilize a password feature, so the player, therefore, is required to play through the entire game on a single mission. Uh, so, like I said, the majority of – no, not the majority, 50-50. So, when you are outside, you are in this huge open map. And it is Jurassic Park, and there's about five different buildings that you can get into. There's a raptor pen. There's the visitor center. There is a boat. Um, there is uh, the raptor breeding grounds or something like that. And there's a couple other buildings. And the fundamental problem with this game is – we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> All right. <laughs> The, the, when you are inside the buildings, it looks like Doom, and it is absolutely outstanding. It, so it shrinks it shrinks the picture a little bit, um, obviously because it, it, this is a 3D first-person game running on the power and the hardware of a Super Nintendo. But the game was actually in Dolby Surround Sound too. So as you are running around, if you have 5.1 surround sound, you can hear raptors coming from behind you, so it really helps with the immersion. But when you're inside of these of these buildings, you are running around, you are looking for key cards, mm-hmm. you are looking for computers. Mm-hmm. There are areas where looking you walk through a door and you need, um, you need, it's dark, so you need uh, glow and, or what do you call them? Sleep, infrared. Infrared goggles. Goggles, yep. Um, there are velociraptors everywhere. There are uh, uh, Dilophosauruses everywhere. Those are the spitters, right? For, yeah, for the those are the spitters. Okay. Uh, and there might be one other dinosaur inside, but I think for the most part, you're just dealing with the two smaller, scarier dinosaurs. Okay. The the first the the indoor areas look really really cool, but they're this is 1993. This is on the Super Nintendo hardware, so each building has its own unique look. But inside of the building. Um, everything kind of it's really easy to get lost and there might be two or three floors um in each one of these buildings and outside of the map outside of the buildings turn around for a second yeah just look at my look at that screen that is what it looks like when you are outside so it's a top-down look of grant and you have a different you have a different viewpoint of the velociraptors that you're fighting uh it's so it's not in first person and the the objective of the game is to go to these buildings, finding keys, unlocking things. Uh, you also have to find like 30 eggs that are scattered around the uh, around the game. Uh, the presentation is awesome for both perspectives. Um, one a big problem is is the game can crash and has crashed on me many times. I own this game. This is my original copy of this card. Okay. I played hours and hours and hours of this game. I've never beaten it, and that is one of the biggest complaints about this game is the game would be i would give the game a nine or a ten if you knew what the hell you were doing they do not tell you what to do at all they just drop you into this game they don't give you any any sense of where you're supposed to go what you're supposed to be doing you know that you're supposed to be finding eggs you think dr alan grant knew what to do yes when he he went to this park he had other for a good time to have a nice weekend with Dr. Hottie Boombody and then all hell breaks loose. No. He didn't know what to do. He, he had people saying you gotta go over to the uh you know the electric room and fire things up one at a time. He had he had objectives during the movie. He had things he was supposed to be taking care of. They don't tell you Finding Nedry. Finding Nedry. They don't tell yeah. you to do anything. They just and I don't know why they did it. I don't know if they were rushed or I don't know if they thought, hey, if we let players discover it on their own, maybe the game will take longer to to beat. 
the game would be so excellent if there was just this world map that you could look at and then there would be objectives to tell you exactly where to go. The game would still be difficult. You would still have, I mean, there's still dinosaurs that can kill you inside of the buildings. There's still dinosaurs that can kill you outside of the buildings. There's, there's still all of this. There's, there's rocks and that can fall on you when you're on these mountains. There's all these things that can kill you. But the, the biggest enemy of this game is you just don't know what to do. And I don't know, I don't know what Ocean was thinking. I don't, like I said, I don't know if they were trying to stretch out the, the game or if they thought it was really interesting. But this is 1993. This is before the internet. So you didn't have a, a, a FAQ or a, uh, you know, a game guide or anything like that. This game wasn't popular enough to come with its uh, with a book that you could buy for 20 bucks to tell you what to do. And I was trying to get one, one of my buddies to, to be on the show, but he's a complete toolbox. And I've been trying to get him on for weeks, and he keeps on ignoring me. He's, Dinger. He's, no, no, <laughs> no. And he was a guy that when we were kids, he, he, had a, he had a copy too. And he'd come over to my house. We'd pop it in, and we, he beat it. And I think you can sit down. I think it takes about two or three hours. There's no save points. So it's a three-hour game that you just sit down and you have to beat flawlessly. I think you only have two lives plus two continues. So you, there's no password system. You're not good at video games, I feel like. No, I'm great at video games. Are you sure? Do some do some you've never played this game before, so you don't know what you're talking about. I, I mean, I just I, I could beat the Genesis version. I couldn't right. beat this. And the only reason I couldn't beat this is cuz they don't tell you what to do. When you're running around Oh, well. How, how the hell am I supposed to know what to do? The game is absolutely huge. The the world map you, is You need a, you need your handheld is what you're telling me. I need my hand You need held. your hand yes, held. Yes. Are you tired of the tears? Filthy casual. Are you tired of the tears? During the game, uh, like Mr. DNA pop. Mr. DNA. Oh, I like that. Uh, a character from the film provides dinosaur facts to the player if That's the game nice. is paused or remains too idle for too long. Um, I, like Earthworm Jim, have a personal vendetta about this game. I wish it would be re-released. I wish it would be, wish it would be re-released with objectives and a map to tell you where to go because it is an excellent, excellent game if it were to be that. But as it stands, you just don't really know what to do. So I would like right. to sit down and beat this game. I also give this game a seven. Okay. So here we go. We got the Sega Genesis version that is a standard uh, platformer game with an awesome presentation. It's way scarier than the Super NES version is too. Okay. The dinosaurs are way more threatening it's a little less is, cartoony, but it's much more simplistic. Whereas I feel like the super NES version was a lot more ambitious. It's got the surround sound, which was, which was like very innovative for a video game back at that time. It's got the two different perspectives as well as the indoor 3d first person shooter perspective, which looks great. The Raptors look great. The Dilophosaurus looks great. I have to give it to the super NES version. Okay. I mean, so Here's what I'm saying. If you can get your hands on a copy of either one of them, play them both because they're awesome. They're, this is a representation. This is a – there aren't many instances of this when a big movie comes out and they throw two tie-in games at it, and both of them are actually pretty good. The Sega Genesis version went on to sell a, a ton of copies. Uh, I don't know how well the Super Nintendo version went. But I know that a bunch of a couple of my buddies had it. I had it. I really, really enjoyed it. I just I never beat so it. So that's three copies right there. Yeah. So that's three copies right there. Great presentation. I'm giving it to the Super Nintendo. 
Dude, that's it for Jurassic Park, man. All right. Uh, you want to take a quick break? Do you want to kind of like sing the theme song or? Do, 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 do. No, no, no. Wait, what? wait. Oh, you're going. I was going to go. Um, no, you're right. Let's do it. Ready? Do, 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 do. I'll go high. Do, 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 do. Sharp. I was, yeah, maybe. <laughs> That's it for Jurassic Park on the uh, 16 bit systems. We'll be right back. Tony, you're a big fan of video games. Am I correct? As more or less. I mean, aren't I we mean all? yeah, yeah. I mean, aren't we all? Right, yeah, huge. So the good people at Moral Implications. Uh-huh have been making video games for the last 30 years. You know their products. They, 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 are, sure they have a division called Nintendo. Mm-hmm. They've been making Nintendo games for the last 30 years. People are rabid about them. People are huge Nintendo fans, yeah. me, myself included. Yep. I'm just a spokesman for the good people at Nintendo right now, which is a subsidiary of the good people Moral at Moral Applications. Introducing this fall... The Super Nintendo Mini. So I don't know if you wow. remember the Super Nintendo, but it came out back in 1991. Who could forget it? Had this incredible lineup. We're bringing it back. Wow. This is a plug-and-play classic video wow. game system. And boy, it's got a hot price point. Tell me. $29.99. You can afford that for your kids. Totally. You can buy one for all seven of your kids. I don't know how many kids you got at this point, but those Something bad boys like that. are going to get to play the Super, Super Nintendo. Nintendo. First was the Nintendo. Yeah. Then was the Super Nintendo. And yeah. the Super Nintendo just had the incredible, incredible lineup of games. We're talking about games like Super Morton Brothers. Right. Super Morton Brothers to the incomplete levels. The Carpenters, the famous Carpenters. No, they were actually laid off construction workers. Right. That's what I meant. A little bit of a meth problem. But I know that you played some Super Super Morton Brothers of in your course. turn. Of uh, course. The Legend of Zoldan, Long's Walk Home. Mm. Uh, Melvin Man 3. Boy, I like that one. Mm. Cantra. Cantra, oh man. Super Cantra. Yeah. Up, left, down, right, B, A, select, start, start. Q. Six slides. Because remember the Nintendo right. had a Q button. Yep. Castlevania Hog. Oh, yeah. The the epic hack and slash monster adventure. Mm-hmm. Dinky Dunk. Yep. I mean, how awesome is this library? Dink, Dinky Kang, I think D- it was. It's actually Dinky, Dinky Dunk. Dinky Kong, too. Kerbo's Layover. Do you remember Kerbo? Of course. Kerbo's Layover, Kerbo's Do-Over, and the trilogy, the Perfecta, the Trifecta, Kerbo's Hangover. Right. Cul-de-Sac Fighter 1, Cul-de-Sac Fighter 2, and Uh Super Ultra Double Cul-de-Sac Fighter 2, the new stereotypes. Mm. I mean, this library. Unbelievable. Dog Hunt. (laughs) Yep. Track and Field Hockey. Nice. Double Dungeonous Crab. Mm. Ninja Gaydar. And okay, bike. I mean, think of this lineup. I just named like 20 games that are like top tier Nintendo games. Totally. These are games that I grew up playing. I need these are games that I want my kids to like. I want them to relive my childhood. Yep. 
So, Tony, yeah. the, the system. Oh, yeah. Mike Tyson's domestic punch out. Mm, who that can was forget? the last game. And Temco Super Classic Bowl. The Super Nintendo is coming out this fall for $29.99. That is a nice price. Tony, yeah. how many are you going to buy for your kids? Six for each of them. Okay, so what you're going to want to do is probably cross your fingers. Mm-hmm. So the good people at Moral Applications, I yeah. know that we've been around 30 years. We know right. this. You all know this. Right. I know that we're basically on every continent. I know that we have saturated our youth with these hot n- Nintendo games. I feel such like you as, got bad news coming here. No, I don't have bad news. But what I'm trying to say is when the when the Nintendo Classic came out last year, for some reason, um, we weren't able to meet demand. And I don't know why that was. I don't know why we couldn't meet demand last year. But for some reason... There was a lot of people left out in the cold, so to speak. A lot of fans just like you. Right. right. Um, but I just I want to let you know that we did all that we could to manufacture as many as we possibly could. We weren't choking supply by any means. On the we, on the Nintendo. On the Nintendo, okay. we we weren't. Um, we didn't make one initial run, and we. I just want to stress that we absolutely were not trying to get our name out there. Mm -hmm. We weren't trying to get people to think of our product because we were launching an even bigger product a couple months later. That's not what happened. We simply just, Tony, we don't have enough buildings to manufacture the Nintendos that people want in the world. Well, it's a complex piece of machinery. It's not really. It really isn't. It, we're talking about machinery that came out 30 years ago right. that probably cost manu- 10 bucks to 5 bucks to manufacture. Yeah. I, was, just, I mean, I was trying to give you an out. There. We just could not meet the demand of such a hot product, and yeah. we're not even sure why. Um, it's a mystery. This might. This isn't going to happen this year okay. because we have already decided we're going to make a significant amount more of Super Nintendo. Thank Tony, God. while we were talking, pre-orders went live and all of them are sold out in your <laughs> oh. So if you want a Super Nintendo, um, your best bet is going to probably be eBay to get it on eBay for four or five hundred dollars or to just wake up on Christmas Day and have your kids crying saying, I wanted my Super Nintendo. Santa Claus is promised it to me. And now we can't have it. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? I really, I really admire the good people at Nintendo. Um, I don't want to tell them to go f- themselves. Um, oh, but you can't buy one this year. Cop an f bomb. So don't buy. Don't buy. That's it this terrible. Year. Terrible. Terrible stuff right there. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to Afternoon Yap. Uh, For the last segment of the night, I want to talk about uh, Sonic Mania that just released this week. Uh, Sonic Mania released on August 15th for Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One, and it is $20. Uh, Tony, are you a Sonic fan by chance? I sure. Did you play the originals when you were a kid? Yeah, I think that's the only one I ever played was the original. As a kid, I had Sonic 1. I had Sonic 2, I had Sonic Spinball. I have great memories of playing You played this a lot game. yourselves a lot of Sonic. So it was the alternative to Mario. So it, it never was as good as Mario um, in in all shapes and sizes. Uh, okay. The the levels weren't ever as good, the platforming wasn't ever as good, the sound wasn't ever as good, but there was a thing that always kept me coming back and there's a thing that kept a lot of gamers coming back and it was Sonic Speed. And <clears throat> at the time 
the Sega Genesis, it didn't have the graphics that the Super Nintendo did. It didn't have the sound that the Super Nintendo did, but it did have a fast processor in it, and that's what it allowed Sonic to like go at his fast speed. They Sonic's or Sega's marketing team called it like blast processing or something. There was no such thing as blast processing. Sounds it was good. just that was what the marketing team was pushing on young kids like me, and I didn't care. Like I just <clears throat> like I said, the platforming was never great from the original Sonic games, but it was so fun when you when you started going fast and going through those loop to loops and stuff like that. And it was something that always brought me back. Um, when the Dreamcast released in '99, I remember uh, Sonic Adventure came out, and it was all the best things that I loved about the 2D games in a 3D world. Uh, the game basically played itself, so you would hit these like little. Uh, segments of the game and basically the game would just take over for you and it was this technical marvel where Sonic is going through all these loop-de-loops he's going through all these turns and spins and jumps you're basically not controlling anything but it's just really cool to look at so you kind of forgive the game for it okay flash forward to 2017 Sonic Mania is here Um, Sonic has had a pretty tough run for the last I would say 10 years now that was a good Uh, pun Sonic has had a pretty bad Run. Oh. Hi-o. Hi-o. Um, good one. And it all started with, I like, I can't remember what it was called. People call it Sonic 2006, but it was Sega has so many times said, said to consumers, hey, we're going back to the drawing board. We know you love Sonic. We know we keep on screwing you over. We're going to make a really, really good Sonic game. And for the last 10 years, we have not got that. So Sega took a step back and they said, okay, we are going to, uh, develop a game that is made by maybe people that have a better grasp on how to make a Sonic game. So development was led by programmer Christian Taxman Whitehead, who had previously he had previously worked on enhanced ports of early Sonic games. Art, level design, audio, and additional programming were provided by the independent studios Head Cannon and Pagoda West Games, chosen for their work in the Sonic fan game community. When you start the game, uh, you can play Tax as... Taxman Whitehead. Yeah, he's some Australian dude. So, like I said, he... he Both ha- things you hate, He was though. independently making ports Taxes of Sonic games. He, I think he made Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 to run on iOS. And one or two of them, like, Sega actually interfered and said, hey, like, you can't do this. But then they actually... And he's like, I'm tax man whitehead i yeah, can do but, anything like, he i was want actually making a quality product and uh, sega actually actually ended up releasing these games on ios so when it came to to making sonic mania they're like okay well our, currently our development team isn't making sonic games that people like they made sonic 4 maybe a year ago it released to, to a thud people didn't really care about it so like I said, every year they keep on saying we're gonna come, we're gonna do this right, we're gonna do this right. This time they actually did it right because they grabbed a group of developers that are huge Sonic fans that have been working on, have been working in the old Sonic canon for a while now to develop new levels. So not only is Sonic Mania uh, like a mashup of the stuff that we love about the old Sonics, but they did actually add in uh, a bunch of new levels. There's a total of 13 zones. The players can partake in, and each zone includes a total of two acts, 
which players will need to complete in order to beat the game. Now, some of the zones are remixes, while some are completely new zones. There's a ton of remastered zones. There's Stardust Speedway, Green Hill Zone, uh, Chemical Plant Zone, Flying Battery Zone, Hydrocity Zone, Lava Reef Zone, Oil Ocean Zone, Metallic Madness These Zone. These are all zones from prior games? Is that yes, what I'm and, the, and, and when believe? you play the game, it's awesome because... You start off the game going, man, I really remember this. And I remember this song, except it sounds a little bit different this time. I remember mm-hmm. that's a that's a, that's one of the – this game heavily relies on nostalgia. I mean, you it's, when you fire it up, you see the picture of Sonic and Tails, and you go, man, it kind of looks a little bit the way that I remember when I was a kid. But it, it actually looks the way that your brain thinks that the old Sonic stuff. It doesn't look – It looks it just the way looks my brain up. thinks. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you're thinking about well things with, with rose-colored glasses on and you actually yeah. go back and look at them, you go, boy, that doesn't look how it how I remember it. Mm. They do a good job of kind of updating this for the modern gamer, um, but still retaining that old 16-bit classic feel. Well said. Much better. There are new zones. There's Studiopolis Zone, Mirage, Mirage Saloon Zone, Press Garden Zone, and Titanic Monarch Zone. There's a ton of bonus stages throughout the game, almost too many. Um, they're pretty cool, but they rely on the old gimmicks that they did back you know, when these games were popular 10 years ago. They get kind of frustrating because they show up all the time, and but they do utilize that kind of cool 3D mode that they utilized uh, back in the original classics. Okay. There are boss <laughs> fights everywhere. So there's... <coughs> There's two acts per level. Like I said, there's 13 There's thirteen zones, so there's a total of 26 acts. The acts are actually pretty long. So uh, each level, you know, there are tons and tons of paths. The, like what? More, more tons so, of what? More so than paths? the original paths. paths. So you don't have to take the same way from start to finish every time. And to the point where it's kind of overwhelming, um, I usually I don't care about the secrets. I kind of just want to see the graphics. I kind of want to just see the game. I kind of want to just move forward. And that's kind of a testimony to just how much of a fan I'm not really of the game to begin with. <laughs> Uh, the boss fights are okay. Um, they've been pretty. They've been some of them have been really cool. There's like in between boss fights, you you get to see these really cool cutscenes like we're looking at right now. So they didn't used to do that with the originals, but it's a neat way to introduce like some of these bosses and to make the boss fights a little bit longer. Um, some of the boss fights are pretty cool, but the the biggest problem that I have it with this game is. They, they, they are heavily relying on nostalgia, and they're heavy, heavily relying on challenge, and platforming games have changed so much in the last 20 years since, since Sonic was a thing. A problem that I have with this game is these acts can actually take about 5 minutes each, so it can take you about 10 to 15 minutes to get to the boss. You only have 3 lives, so when you get to the boss... You only have the three lives or how many lives you have left until you got there. And if you die at the boss, you have to start all the way back at, at the first act. They don't do that in – they like platforming games are still really, really hard. But they, they, they have stripped away that part that makes it feel cheap and unfair and they've stripped away that part. Nobody wants to play the same act over and over and over again because it's frustrating. So they've added – you know, in modern platformers like Donkey Kong Country and newer Mario's, they add checkpoints. There's no checkpoints in this whatsoever other than if you still have lives, you will go back to the beginning of the whatever act you're currently on. So I, I've found that frustrating. I've found that part um, 
not wanting me to play it for longer than I usually would okay. because I'll get stuck at a part, I'll die at a boss, or even before I get to a boss, like I'll I'll get to a part that I'm not sure how to beat, and I'll die three times, and I'll have to start all the way back over, and that's just it's 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 unacceptable. Ain't nobody got time. For Ain't that. nobody got time for that. And the game. The game has absolutely great music and great presentation. It's it is absolutely a labor of love. I mean, these dudes know what they're doing. They know they know Sonic like the back of their hand. Um, but my fundamental issue with this game is I came to this weird like a light bulb switched on. Like I had a uh, an aha moment as I like to call it. Okay. And I was texting my buddies when I was playing. I was a couple hours into this game, mm-hmm. so I had given it a shot i'm gonna still keep on playing it because it's on the switch because this is a great game for the nintendo switch because i can fire it up i'm playing a nice colorful platforming game i can play it um you know one act at a time but the the realization that i had was man i don't think sonic was all that good that i remember i think that my rose colored glasses uh, a little too rosy are a little too rosy because i was like this is a faithful representation of sonic when i was a kid and it's updated a little bit more there's sonic's got a whole lot more moves there's a whole lot more variety there's a lot more stages there's a lot more bosses there's a lot more cutscenes. but when you get down to the nitty-gritty this isn't as solid as mario i just the platforming is okay i wouldn't even really call it a platforming game but it's it it's been troublesome to come back to. However, it is a great game to play on the Nintendo Switch, and maybe I just need to keep on giving it a little bit more time. Uh, there are some great things that they have added to the game. There are um, there's a level skip. So if you like, come on, like I'm glad that they added a level skip, but it also begs the question: Did they add a level skip because during gameplay testing, people might have gotten pissed off about the same gripes that I'm having? Maybe. I don't think so. I think that they just want to be fair to everybody and show all the levels. But there's been a couple of times where I've really tried a level over and over and over, and I keep dying. And I'm like, screw this, man. Like, You're I like a challenge. Good, I'm, man. I'm cool. I'm okay with a challenge, man. I have beat some of the hardest Donkey Kong games. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Dong games. And I love a good, challenging platformer. But this game is just – it's just never been Mario. That's what Sonic actually – it's it was like a it was like a realization that I had this week. Sonic has never been Mario. He's always been second place. Profound, dude. And he's but if you had a Sega and you didn't have Mario, he was the guy that you were bragging to your buddies about. Like the the presentation's cool. I love what they did. I'm gonna play through the game. I'm enjoying a lot of the bosses, but right now I have to give the game a seven. Okay, Tony Baloney. Yeah. I'm going to miss you, bud. Two weeks? What am I supposed to do without you? Get another co-host. No. Yeah, I'm going to do that next week. Sure. (laughs) Sure. I am going to do that another. I'm going to do that next week. Yeah. As we're leaving, um, so you're going on vacation with your family. I am. I haven't been on vacation with our collective family in two years now. In a year. You went last year. No, I didn't go last year. Oh. So it's been two years. So I want you to do a little trick that I do when I'm on a family vacation. Now you've known, you've known this family a lot longer than I have. I think you're pushing what 15, 16 years, something like that. I'm pushing five. Okay. So I like to just I like to surprise the family. Sur- little surprise. I like, to, and I, like I like my mother-in-law, my father-in-law to go. Is this the right guy? Yeah. I still don't know. My wife still not sure. Yeah. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set you up, man. Okay. You're going to live vicariously through me while you're on vacation. I'm going to live vicariously through yes. you while I'm on vacation. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to sing you some songs. Okay. Hopefully they get stuck in your head. Is hopefully it, is you it can by the B-52s guy? No, no, not okay. by, no, not no, going back not by B-52s. No. But hopefully they get stuck in your head, right. and hopefully you're singing them on vacation, and hopefully – People will take notice and they'll be like, "Boy, that Tony's pretty great. He's okay, a really good singer." I tell you that I've singer. been singing Crash Test Dummies mm-mm-mm-mm for the entire week, <laughs> like literally the entire. Well, that's week. because you have the uh, my the implant, and yeah. I have the MyPod too. I'm actually the whole Woo! the whole time we've been yapping. I've been listening Listen, to. I swear, I'm no joke. Yeah, I could not get that song out of my head for the entire week. It was do you want to hear? Do you want to hear my songs that you're going to sing? Anything next to week? get anything to get mm-mm-mm-mm out of my head. <clears throat> All right, uh, um, I'm up here. <clears throat> I am a T. I am a T O. I am a T O N Y B O N E S. And I'm the coolest T O N Y on the E A R T H. And I use S A R C A S M for defense purposes. I am a T. I am a T O. I am a T O N Y B O N E S. And I'm the coolest T O N Y on the E A R T H. And I use S A R C A S M for defense purposes. I am a T. <laughs> one more time. I can't get that last one that I'm using. What for defense? <laughs> And I use S A R C A S M for defense purposes. I am a T. Sar- what? Sarcasm. Sarcasm. I am a T O N Y. Oh, that's really funny. And I'm the coolest T O N Y on the E A R T R T H. And I use S A R C A S M for defense purposes. Um. Okay. Here's another good one. Here's another good one. I don't know if that one, you know, cooked no, butter. No, it was, it was. It took me a while, but okay. You love to read. Love it. You love it. And it's my favorite. One of the favorite thing. One of the first things I noticed about you on going on vacation is, mm-hmm. man, you work hard all year. Like you, you raise your family. You yeah. work hard all raise year. Them right. When you go on vacation, mm-hmm. you are you like to read. You yeah. like to spend that week just getting some sun. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I I'd always not. be like, give the guy a break. Yeah. I don't want to be around family the whole time. They're asking, they're saying, isn't that your first, their third vodka drink? And I said, maybe. And you just, who's counting? You just cut all that nonsense out. Yeah. You go read, yeah. start calling your books, your bookage. And okay. then if, if like you, if you get up and like your books have been moved, start saying, what are you doing with my bookage? What are you doing with my mother effing bookage? What are you doing with my bookage? What are you doing with my mother effing bookage? Okay. Ba 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 bubbling. Ba 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 bubbling. Ba 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 bubbling. Ba 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 bubbling. Ba 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 Tony Snark is a bubbling over. Tony Snark bubbling in his soul. Tony Snark is a bubbling over. A one, two, three, four, five. Oh yeah! And then on the background, you can just uh-huh. keep on going. And so you you want me to do this when somebody moves my yeah. books? Just start singing that. No, just sing it the whole time. Oh, the whole entire time. All the time. Okay. Oh, sounds fun. My name is Anthony, and I'm a big lasagna fan. I spend my days up on the porch reading all by myself. I like comic books, anime, and sometimes young adult. I, I just want to be left alone. I, just, I don't care. I, I love it, might, it. It might in the future. Yeah. Maybe just set up the six people listening with the song that you're mocking uh-huh. so that they can have an idea because you're not good at singing. This and is it's an hard, original. It's hard to figure out exactly what song this is an original you're song. taking your inspiration My from. name is Anthony and I'm a big lasagna fan. Okay. And then there's one more, buddy. All right. Set me up. What's the name of the song? Mm. Once. 
And it's the original name of the song is There was. There was. Okay. Once there was this oh, no. dude who didn't like the Simpsons or anyone for that matter, but when he met Chunk the Punk, he found a purpose bigger than himself. He just loves yapping with him and hearing his sweet voice. I don't remember how the end of that song goes. Tony, take these songs with you, bud. I'm going to. I was just thinking how great it would be if you could in, do a do a fart noise instead of mm so good. Yeah, just like that. Man. Uh, you can email us if you have any questions, if you have any show ideas at afternoonyap at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at afternoonyap. Tony Baloney? Yeah. Macaroni Zamboni? French Fryeroni? Dude, have a great, have a great vacation. I'll you see you in a couple a weeks. Great week without me. All right, buddy. You All take right. care. See ya. See ya.